I want to quickly uh, address the media that are here. I'm back. It's been a whirlwind week. Getting traded. Moving to Shanghai. Finding out they actually have pizza Pringles in Shanghai. I did not know that. Then getting traded back in a second crazy trade for everything they initially received, minus the pizza Pringles. And offsides even threw in the title to Ayush's car and the deed to Ethan's house, all just to get me back. I really appreciate the sacrifices that were made to bring me home. And I am 100% ready to help us get back on top. Any questions? He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a pick. That's oh a my pick. goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Now, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome back. I'm back, baby. Hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with Ayush and Ethan last week, but uh, you're stuck with me again. Today, we are going to talk about some trades, my friends. And by some, I mean a ton because there was a bunch of them. Uh, teams are making fast and furious moves. They're trying to get competitive. Uh, and I think I want to stop for a minute and talk about why this deadline has been so active. Because it's something I've been thinking about a lot. And I'm sure it's something that's weighing heavy on your guys' minds as well. We talk about parity a lot in the NFL. Uh, some people like to say there's more parity in the NFL than any professional sport. And while I'm not going to say that that's true or false, I definitely understand why people say it. Uh, this year has shown that the league is more even than ever. Teams like the Jets, Giants, and Seahawks are way better than expected. Teams like the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers are all struggling. And it's not just the AFC West that's underperforming, believe me, uh, although they are to a remarkable degree. The Bengals, Rams, Packers, Buccaneers, and Cardinals were all playoff teams in 2021. None are above 500 to the first half of the year. In fact, nine of the total 14 teams that made it to the 2021 playoffs are at or below 500 right now. I say all of this to make the point that this is a watershed year for the NFL in a lot of ways. It's likely the last year of the Brady era, I think. Uh, and it's a year where a lot of downtrodden teams are stepping up or at the very least trending in the right direction. We're seeing Jacksonville make a lot of the right moves. This shift turned a lot of last year's contenders into deadline sellers looking to offload their expensive contracts. On the other hand, teams that thought they were rebuilding realize now that they have a better shot of competing than they initially thought and are now deadline buyers. This made a perfect storm situation to get a ton of deals done. So all these teams that are selling, they were able to find teams that are buying and a ton of deals definitely got done. A lot of them are super relevant for fantasy. Let's break those ones down really quickly. If you're interested in the topic of why this deadline is so active, uh, because I, if you're interested in the topic of why this deadline is so active, uh, because I very much am, I am planning on writing an article for it uh, on the Offsides website. It should be out relatively soon. Uh, look out for that. Let's start with a very, very surprising trade. TJ Hawkinson was 100% on my radar as someone that might move, but the resulting trade is not at all what I expected. 
The Lions swapped him over to the Vikings in a move that means they'll get to see TJ twice a year. And I know you guys are going to miss him, but I do not think scheduling two annual reunions was a necessary thing to do. Uh, I digress. Hawkinson will be a very nice addition to a Vikings team that fits the bill of being a bit better than they expected to be at the midway point. Six and one at the deadline, that made them big time buyers. The loss of Herb Smith Jr. made tight end a huge, huge need. So this is a move that makes a lot of sense. From a fantasy perspective, I think all of the Detroit receivers, especially Amon Ross St. Brown, just got way more valuable. Hawkinson's target share is going to need to be filled. Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds will be the primary ones doing it, at least until DJ Chark can return. Jared Goff, to me, is trending down. However, he just lost one of his favorite targets. Hawkinson is an excellent safety valve in that offense, and Goff just doesn't really have many of those. Uh, I don't think... He'd been falling off a lot over these last couple weeks, and I think this might be kind of the final nail in the coffin of him no longer being a really reliable fantasy quarterback. On the other side of this trade, Kirk Cousins is absolutely trending up with not only a replacement for what he lost in Irv Smith Jr., but an outright upgrade. Hawkinson is much better than Irv Smith Jr., who has been inconsistent and very much unhealthy. Justin Jefferson shouldn't be too much affected by this. He is absolutely the guy in Minnesota. The game plan for him, I don't think he sees a significant loss in target share. Adam Thielen, on the other hand, I think is the guy to watch out for a massive drop in volume, or not a massive drop in volume, but a decent drop in volume. I think he will be the guy that they look to scheme targets away from to give those to Hawkinson. Because they know that Justin Jefferson is so effective, I just don't think you want to take targets away from him. The Lions and the Vikings were not the only teams in the NFC North that made moves around the deadline, however. The Bears made two big trades. The first sent Roquan Smith to the Ravens in exchange for their second and fifth round picks in the 2023 draft, as well as linebacker A.J. Klein. Uh, Not a bad return at all for the Bears. The picks are pretty valuable. Klein is a nice veteran who helps patch up depth issues. This is an okay trade for the Raven or for the Bears. The Ravens, on the other hand, added a very nice piece to their defense. They need to turn around that struggling unit if they want to ensure that they can make the playoffs. The AFC North is going to become a very tough division once Deshaun Watson gets back for the Browns. The Ravens defense has absolutely been the weak point. I think Smith helps to patch that up a little bit, though. The Bears made a second move yesterday, though. They added Chase Claypool from the Steelers in exchange for their own second round pick in 2023, so not the one that they just got from the Ravens. I like this move a lot less for the Bears. Uh, I don't think Claypool is worth a second round pick, especially not to the Bears. Uh, He has just one year remaining on his deal after this season, and he's never been a thousand yard receiver. I think the Bears would have been better off holding on to their second round pick. That would have given them two. Uh, It would have likely been a relatively high pick, given that they're probably not going to turn it around majorly this season. Uh, In terms of fantasy, however, Chase Claypool is trending up. He's likely going to be quickly and heavily worked into the game plan in Chicago. Justin Fields is still absolutely not a viable fantasy quarterback until massive changes are made. Uh, And the rest of Chicago's receivers and tight ends are now likely to see even less consistent volume. So I would keep avoiding them until we see otherwise. As for the Steelers, this is good news for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, who will be asked to fill the void left by Claypool. They should both see an uptick in their volume in the next couple weeks. Another trade to talk about super quickly is Calvin Ridley heading over to Jacksonville. While it's obviously not a trade that has an effect on this season, it's worth talking about for any dynasty players or anyone who may have just missed this news entirely. 
The Ridley compensation is a little bit complicated, but I will walk you through it. So pay attention real quick. If Ridley gets reinstated by a certain date, it's worth a fifth round pick. If he makes the Jaguars 2024 roster, it's worth a fourth round pick. If he hits a certain amount of playing time in 2024, it's worth a third round pick. And if the Jags sign Ridley to a long-term deal, it's worth a second round pick. Does that make sense? Maybe. I like this deal a lot for both sides, uh, especially Jacksonville. They have virtually no risk attached to it. Like I said, if it doesn't really work out for them, it's worth a sixth round pick. Uh, that's if Ridley doesn't get instated by X date that they've worked out. It's worth a sixth round pick. If it, if he does for the fifth, if he doesn't even make their 2024 roster, it's still worth that fifth. These are pretty safe moves overall for Jacksonville here. They like Ridley. I like Ridley, but we haven't really seen Ridley in almost two years. So I like the cautious nature of this move. That is the right mentality to have. Staying in the AFC, the Colts swapped running backs with the Bills in a move that gave them Zach Moss and a sixth round pick. I like this trade a lot for both sides, but the Bills absolutely won, in my opinion. They added a running back, which they needed, and one who happens to be very versatile as well. Naeem Hines is a very solid pass catcher. He's been a very effective partner to Jonathan Taylor, and he'll likely end up quickly taking over much of Devin Singletary's receiving work and a chunk of his rushing work, too. Uh, I would consider Hines to be trending up and Singletary to be trending way down. R Moss, on the other hand, is also likely to see at least a slight increase in his usage in his new home in Indianapolis. Uh, I think he kind of fills the role Naheem Hines was filling. So Naheem Hines was very fantasy viable when he was in Indianapolis. He's been a flex starter for me in what is admittedly a very deep league that I play in. But uh, definitely... I think Zach Moss can start to become a very fantasy valuable piece in Indianapolis. The last trade I think is fantasy relevant is Jeff Wilson to Miami. Uh, Jeff Wilson got swapped away from San Francisco for a fifth round pick yesterday in a move that makes a lot of sense after the Christian McCaffrey trade last week. San Francisco doesn't really need him anymore. Uh, Miami, however, absolutely does. They've majorly struggled to get their running game going, currently fifth worst in the league in rushing yards per game, and adding Jeff Wilson should hopefully energize their running game. It has really been a problem with the backs. The line is opening holes. The backs just really are not getting through them. They're not getting yards after contact. Wilson should hopefully, at the very least, add a pair of fresh legs in there to help them rotate backs more. Uh, something's got to give there. On the other hand, the 49ers get a mid-round pick in exchange for a player who didn't really serve much of a role in their offense anymore, so essentially just all, all gravy. Good move for the Niners, good move for the Dolphins. Thanks for listening, guys. I know we're a day late, but I really wanted to do a trade deadline-centric episode, and therefore the deadline had to pass. Uh, so we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week after the Starts and Sits episode comes out this Friday. I will see you guys on Friday. Until then, take care. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's oh my goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Now let's go ahead and get into it.